And today is the first Sunday of Advent, the first um, Sunday marking the new year. Did you know that today is the, the new year for the church? Uh, each year, the, the Christian calendar divides us up into uh, three different years, A, B, and C. And um, they have different scripture associated with different days. I would encourage you to look at the lectionary, read the daily scriptures. It's, it's an awesome uh, reading program. And then uh, this is the year uh, B, it is. And um, it's uh, the beginning of a new season. And I love the Christmas season. Um, as we begin this time of Advent, it always gets me uh, prepared for uh, Christmas and the mood for Christmas. And, I, you know, I'm a traditional guy. I, I like the tradition of Christmas. I like the tradition of being with family at Christmas, and, and I love all of those things. And uh, I hope that uh, you guys are the same way. I'm wondering if any of you have started getting ready for Christmas. Is uh, Houses decorated yet? Christmas trees put up yet? Some people were putting Christmas trees up uh, right after Halloween. Um, you know, because I think everybody was looking for some joy in their lives after a long year of quarantines and um, just some struggles. But um, Christmas music, has anybody started Christmas music yet? Yeah. At our house, uh, that is something we do start after Halloween. After Halloween, uh, it, we kind of feel like that's the time. I know some people are like, no, it's too early. Thanksgiving's coming. Uh, for me, Thanksgiving is all just one big part of Christmas celebration. So, you know, we have a good time. And uh, we do have a Thanksgiving celebration. But, um, and uh, shopping for gifts. I think I started earlier this year, shopping for gifts. And then also at our house, we start making cookies and all those things. I don't know if you guys do that, but it's just, it's a great time of year. In, in, a, in the United States, there's a, a, a big um, tradition that goes along with it, and uh, I just uh, hope that you guys are able to get involved in that. But we always want to remember that Christmas and whatever the traditions are, it all started with Jesus, right? It's all, and it's all about Him, and it's about remembering the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I was talking with uh, Bruno and Gabby yesterday, which, uh, aren't you glad that they were uh, here today? And um, uh, keep, yeah, awesome. They did a great job with the, the band, the, the praise team, and we're so thankful that they have been here. Uh, be praying for them and for us. They're um, uh, potentially, uh, I guess I don't know what the potential is, but uh, they're interviewing to, you know, be a our worship pastor here. So God, we need God to speak to both of us. Um, but was talking with them and even uh, in, in other countries where they're from in Brazil, while it's hot at the Christmas time, uh, you know, they still have Christmas. Santa doesn't ride a sleigh, I don't guess, but uh, there still is a Santa. Um, what I love about Advent is it's a time of expectation. It's a time when everybody stops for a minute and realizes there's something bigger than ourselves, and they begin to expect and anticipate and look forward to something. And I want to remember several things about the time of Advent. The fact that Jesus came to this world 2,000 years ago is something that we celebrate during Advent. And I like the, um, the idea that we stand in solidarity with those who were expecting their Messiah for the first time. Because you can imagine, and if you read the Old Testament, all of the prophecies and all the things that are leading up to uh, Jesus coming back, all of the struggles that were happening uh, during that time, and they were looking forward to their Messiah, and they couldn't wait for His coming, and they were anticipating. So we 
know that Jesus has come, but we stand in solidarity with them. Uh, we also are expecting the fact that Jesus will come into the hearts of those who believe. It's, it's an expectation um, that he will make new creations of people who his uh, lives have been turned upside down, people who are looking for answers. Jesus can be that answer. It's exciting. And then we also look forward to Jesus returning, that someday he's going to usher in a new kingdom, a new heaven, the scripture says, and a new earth. It's going to be new. In Revelation, he's, um, John says, and behold, I I saw a new Jerusalem coming down. And I, I'm so excited about that, a new Jerusalem. Um, and we take that to mean, a, you know, a new earth. The earth will be remade into the original perfection that God made it the first time. And won't that be an awesome day? There will be no more sickness. There will be no more death. Um, people will live in harmony together. The earth will be perfect. There will be no more stickers. Um, that will be a glorious day. Uh, when all those things disappear, remade the way that God intended. We also need to remember that while we're celebrating Advent, we're not only celebrating Jesus being born as a baby, we're also looking forward with anticipation for his return. And I think that's going to be a glorious day. All right, so for you history buffs, in uh, September 13th, 1759, one of the most significant battles of the 18th century was fought. It's the Battle of the Heights of Abraham. I don't know if anybody has heard about this. It's very significant to Canada. The Battle of the Heights of Abraham. They were fought over the cliffs above the St. Lawrence River next to the city of Quebec in Canada. Uh, there was a, a guy whose name was Louis-Joseph Marquis de Montcalm. <laughs> Say that five times fast. He was in charge of the, the French uh, defenders of the city of Quebec. Now, the way that uh, the city is situated, he felt secure because there was a natural protection against invaders. There was a river that runs beside it that kind of protected them from being um, attacked at the heights of Abraham. And so he sent only a small detachment of soldiers to watch the cliffs to repel anybody who might happen to take uh, such a dire uh, and drastic approach to come and conquer them. And so th this small detachment of soldiers was there. Well, enter a British general by the name of James Wolfe, and he was searching and found a, a route up the cliffs that led to the top. And when he got to the top, he found this small dispatchment of soldiers all asleep. And so he and a small group of men overwhelmed them, and they surrendered. So that night, they, as everybody was, uh, had surrendered, the ones who were there, there was no protection. They got as many people to the top of that cliff as they could. 4,828 men made it to the top of that cliff on the top of the heights of Abraham, which is west of the city. So the French, the next morning, the light's coming up. They realize what's happened, and they go and they attack uh, this uh, general, James Wolfe. But soon they were overtaken because they didn't realize how many people, how many men he had gotten up to the top of the cliff. Uh, now, in the fight, both uh, Wolfe and Montcalm were uh, both mortally wounded in the battle. But that day... Uh, the next day, excuse me, in Quebec, the French surrendered 
and lost the city of Quebec and ultimately the country of Canada. It's an interesting story, but that loss came about primarily because the French guard at the top of the Heights of Abraham were asleep on duty. Isn't that a crazy story? I don't know if you guys, you know, receive that as me. Had they been alert, Quebec would not have fallen, at least not that day, to the British army. So I tell you that story because the scripture reading we're going to read here in a moment really reminds me of that story. It's, it's really a warning to keep us from having that same kind of problem happen with us. We're going to read out of Mark chapter 13. And if you'd like to follow along in the reading, you can go to the Bible app. And uh, the notes are going to be in there today, the Bible app by version, Or you can go to the church's app and uh, it'll take you to the same place for today's notes. Mark 13. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender... And its leaves come out. You know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the roaster, uh, rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone. Watch. It's a scripture we all know. It gives us a, a, star, a stern warning that we need to pay attention to what's going on. So today I want to look at just three themes in the scriptures. The first is, is this in this scripture. He is coming again. In fact, why don't we call it a second Christmas? Isn't that as much as we look forward to Christmas time, let's look forward to the second Christmas when he's going to, re to return. As we prepare and as we remember that uh, the, the first Christmas, that Jesus came to this earth 2,000 years ago, let's be excited and let's anticipate that day that he's going to return. How amazing. What a special event to look forward to. I can remember in my life there's been several times, I, this is an encouragement, I guess, that I was nervous about Jesus coming back. Not because uh, I was scared that I would miss it or anything like that, but I was so excited about different times in my life. Like I can remember um, before I was married, um, Cerise and I went to a, a, a seminar on the end times. Wrong thing to do. Because we went to this seminar on the end times and uh, they really 
talked a lot about Jesus coming back, and, and here's, look at all these prophecies, and we think he's coming back any, any day now. Or, and I remember Sarice and I were, looked at each other and we're like, but, but we want to be married first. God, can we get married before you come back? Would that be okay? Um, I remember in, uh, and I've referenced this before, in 1988, uh, only remember because of the title of the book, I think it was 88 reasons that he's coming back, he will return in 1988 or something. Anybody remember that? I was in, I think I was supposed to start seventh grade that year or something. But I remember getting ready to go to school thinking, I'm not even going to finish the school year <laughs> because Jesus is going to come back. Uh, I think that, and maybe this just comes with age, I'm excited about him coming back now. I, I, I am anticipating his return. I think it's going to be an awesome day. And nothing about, uh, I mean, I was going to say nothing about my family will change. That's not true. Everything will change. But we will be a family, not just my blood family, but us as a family in his presence. And I think that's going to be awesome. And I think about the people, even um, I found out a couple of days ago that a friend of mine um, just passed away from COVID. And I was thinking, when Jesus returns, that won't happen. You know, that because death won't be anymore. Sickness won't happen anymore. So I look forward to that. Um, in verse 25, at that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. The great Christian hope, the thing that we have confidence in, the thing that we um, hope for, and that's today's theme is hope, is that Jesus is coming back. It is our great hope. One day he's going to return, and we don't know when that's going to be. We don't know when, but he's going to usher in a new heaven and a new earth. No more tears, no more suffering. Jesus will be in our midst. Read Revelation chapter 21 and 22. I mean, it paints this beautiful, glorious picture of his return. And isn't that today what people are looking for? We're looking for hope. We're looking for a place where there's not the hurt that there has been, where there's not the sickness, where there's not the anger, where people get along, you know, where people love each other. And the one thing that I love about the kingdom of God is you don't have to wait for him to come back to experience the kingdom of God. Jesus came and taught us, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. It's this kind of love. It's this unusual love. It's this uncommon love where, where people love each other and they don't pick at each other and they don't bully each other and they don't hurt each other. That's what the kingdom of God is like. So we can enjoy that together today. But when he comes back, it will be perfected. And even that much more awesome. And people are looking for hope. You know they are. You talk to people. People have lost their jobs. People have lost loved ones. People have gotten sick. There's all kinds of things that are going on in the, in the world today. And people just want hope. And the thing is, we have the hope. We can teach them the hope. We can show them what we have hope in. My hope is in Jesus Christ, that he has changed me, that he has saved me, and that he is coming back again someday. Perhaps we should live our lives all year round as if in the season of Advent, preparing for him to come back. The second of the themes in this scripture is that we need to live like he's coming back tomorrow. 
We just read, it's like a man going away. When he leaves his house and puts a servant in charge, each with their assigned task, he tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the hour that the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. When I was uh, 10 years old, um, my, I, I guess my parents had just started leaving me at home alone. Maybe it was a mistake because it was probably too early. <laughs> they had just begun leaving me at home, I guess, because um, I was really, I was a always in trouble kind of kid. But So 10 years old, my dad had left and his instructions were simple. Don't let anybody in the house. <laughs> All right, don't answer the door. Leave the door alone. Don't let anybody in the house. Sure, dad, I can follow that. And wouldn't you know, he hadn't been gone five minutes and my friend Oren had come to the door. Knocked on it. Hey, Cal, what's going on? Oh, I'm just chilling. My dad's gone. And um, he's like, oh, cool. Well, I'll come in. No, no, no. You can't come in. Yeah, let me come in. Okay, come on in. <laughs> Oren came in. And we spent the next two hours just going at it, man. Just having a good time. Um, prank calling people. We shouldn't have been doing that. Like, really just getting in all kinds of trouble. And um, I see my, my dad's car come around. We had a sliding glass door. Dad's car comes around the street. And... Uh, I was, I was like, oh, no, <laughs> dad's home. Orrin, you got to go, man. So I opened the back door, <laughs> the back door, 10 years old, sent Orrin out the back door, shut the door, go and sit down like I'd been doing nothing, twiddling my thumbs, waiting on dad to come home. And um, my dad comes in the front door with Orrin. <laughs> What's happening, dad? He said, well, funny thing, I was uh, going around the backyard to check some uh, something with a water hose or something, and uh, I saw Oren coming out of the back door. So uh, anyway, I got caught. I was in trouble. The, the point is, is I didn't know when Dad was coming back, and I thought I had a good plan, you know? Send Oren out the back door. Got caught. God's giving us the same warning. Don't be caught sleeping. It's so hard as a follower, as a believer in Jesus, to not get bored, right? To, we're sitting around, and what are we doing? And we're waiting on Jesus to come back, and, and our lives kind of get dull and mundane, and the excitement goes. Paul speaks about it. says, never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. It's, we cannot coast in our relationship with God. You've got to strive every day to keep that active. You've got to work on it. It's exactly like a marriage relationship. Sarisa and I, if we don't actively attempt to keep our relationship going, to be intentional about time spent together, to be intentional about space given to each other, to be intentional about showing love and speaking love, if we weren't intentional about those things, one day we would wake up and find ourselves having drifted apart. It's the same thing with God. It takes a, it's, a, it's a life of a daily discipline. And then remember, God has called us to live our Christian lives in our communities, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbors as ourselves. Share the good news of Jesus with the people in your lives. Go about it. Give them the hope that we have. God has put us, humankind, in charge of this world. And he expects us to fulfill the mission that he gave us. 
You remember the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28. Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go. He's telling them, be active. Go do it. Uh, Make an effort. Do something about it. I've talked with people who pour over the Bible, fascinated with prophecies, and seem to never really want to commit their life to Jesus. People that are so interested in what the Bible has to say, but not sure that I believe in that Jesus guy. Jesus needs us to focus on Christian living today. He wants us to be secure in the knowledge that he's coming again, but he does not want us to be caught stargazing. He doesn't want us to be stuck in this mode of, okay, Jesus, I'm taking care of myself, I'm taking care of things, and I'm just waiting on you to come back. It's good. It's like the, the, the um, talents, you remember? And the owner left with uh, and gave his three workers uh, different amounts of talents, and the last one he gave one, and he said, uh, when he came back, the, the first one said, hey, I, I doubled it, and the second one said, hey, I doubled it, and the third one said, oh, I knew you were a hard man, so I took your, the talent and I buried it. I took care of it, though. And he got chastised. And that talent was taken and given to the one who had the most. Because God doesn't want us to do that. He doesn't want us to go and bury it in the ground and just sit on it and wait. At Jesus' ascension in Acts, the 11 disciples, you remember the story, and I would have been too. Jesus goes up into the heavens, and they're all standing there watching in amazement because people don't fly. Wow, that was crazy. And do you remember immediately right there, there were people, angels, appeared and stood before them and told them God still had a mission for you, for them. What are you standing here waiting on? They were looking intently, Acts chapter 1, into the sky as he was going and suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus that was taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way that you've seen him gone. Why are you standing here? Go get busy. We got work to do. All right, here's the last final theme from our gospel reading this morning is to watch and be alert. Be on our guard. Verse 32, but about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. You know, we need to be well-schooled in the Scriptures. It's vital that we understand what the Bible says, what the Scriptures teach, so that we don't get taken by false prophets, so that we don't get led astray by different teachings. We need to know what the Bible says. Search the Scriptures. When you talk with a friend... When you hear a preacher on the radio or the TV or even here on a Sunday, don't just take our word for it. Search the Scriptures. Know what the Scriptures say. See what they tell you. Don't always take the person's word for it. If you believe something that you hear and it's wrong, you're still accountable. Now, if I teach wrong, I'm accountable in in a a very grand way. The Bible talks about that. So I've got a weight on me. But you are also accountable. We have to be careful because we live in a society that we want to blame everybody for everything else. When you stand in front of God someday, 
and you say, oh no, so-and-so said this. Did you search the scriptures yourself? Do you know what they say? It's like following the law. If you break the law unintentionally, or because you didn't know, you're still breaking the law. If you have a relationship with God, if you're reading the scriptures, if you know what they say, then you're not going to be led astray. Our scripture reading today encourages us to know that one day Jesus will return. And right now, this is awesome, we are living in the advent of that time. We're living in the advent of his second return. That Jesus wants us to go on living as if he is coming back tomorrow. We need to be on red alert always. And it gets hard and it gets difficult. But we know that that's something we have to do. Keep our spiritual fervor. Jesus wants us to be on our guard, not to be led astray. Make sure you know the scripture. Most of us don't like to wait. <laughs> Isn't that right? We don't like to wait. We don't like lines. We don't like... I was uh, at Walmart the other day, and um, it's one of my favorite places, by the way, Walmart. Isn't it awesome? They've got everything, including all the crazy people. <laughs> so it's just a fun place to go. And, and I was at Walmart, and I had a basket of some things, and there was not, you know, 10 things. It was a small amount. And, uh, of course, we're in the shopping season. So I went from one side of the store all the way to the other looking for a register that was open or a self-checkout that was open. I probably spent more than five minutes <laughs> looking when if I would have just went and waited in one of the lines, I probably would have got through quicker. We just don't like waiting. I can remember in, in college at SNU, I would have to wait in line for registration. And I was like, this is the dumbest thing ever, having to wait in this dumb line. Like nobody likes to wait. It drives us crazy. But God has called us to be patient, wait on Him to come back, and to tell everybody we know that we have hope. We have trust in Him whom we have believed as Jesus Christ. And so many people today are looking for hope. And if you've been wondering, when's a good time to talk to my friend? about Jesus? When's a good time to talk to my coworker about Jesus? There's probably not been a better time in a long while, if ever, because people want to know that we have something we can believe in that is going to give us hope for a better tomorrow. And that's Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God today and an eternity in his kingdom later. Isn't that awesome? Let's pray. God, my goodness, this morning we are so grateful for you sending your son Jesus that we can celebrate together today this first Sunday of Advent, that we look forward with eager anticipation, Jesus returning again. It's like two Christmases. We celebrate Christmas, Jesus being born. We celebrate uh, or we look forward to Christmas when he's coming back. I just pray you would help us to stay ready, be vigilant, looking forward to him coming back, telling people about the hope that we have in Jesus. Be with us, I pray, in all that we do and in this Christmas season that we might tell somebody about that hope. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.